You're listening to the Assistance Together podcast. Carol, I'm really delighted to really delighted to meet you this morning and have this opportunity to talk to you. Thank you. It's this morning here, it's this evening with you, isn't it? It's like yeah. it's 5.20 a.m. here. So it's, what time is it 5.20 with you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carol Pito is an executive assistant based in Auckland, New Zealand. Carol has created and consciously carved out a career as a strategic executive assistant. Now, we use the term strategic a lot on the podcast, and I am very conscious that it isn't always simple for us to be able to work out how we can replicate that in our own role, how we can change our role and carve out a potentially different career path for ourselves, taking on different type of responsibilities and being part of a business in a different way. And Carol has done just that, and that is exactly what we speak about today. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing awesome. It's been an amazing week. It's been a week of blessings, a week at week of um, opportunities. And um, you know, so I've just I'm just so appreciative actually in terms of you know being able to speak to you today and appreciative of being able to just share my experience and my journey. I call it a journey because it's still ongoing, you know, it just it hasn't stopped until I die. So um, so it's been, yeah, it's it's been an amazing week. So thank you for oh, that's great. And thank you. I really appreciate your time. Carol used a specific framework to transform her role. One from one that was more transactional to a strategic one, where she has a seat at this elusive table that we talk about all the time. Not only that, but Carol contributes to the leadership team and has been able to take this information about how she's done it and share it with other people. Carol is an advocate for our community. She created opportunities to continue this conversation about how the role is changing and help others do just that through her writing, through speaking at events, and being on podcasts just like this one. This episode is for you if you want to know how you can change your role, how you can be more strategic, how you can carve out a real space for yourself in a business, and use your unique talents and capabilities to help others. Carol breaks this down for us so beautifully today, which is why I think this episode is so special going to give you the baby steps that Carol took in her own life and career and show you exactly how you can do the same. When we first spoke I think we could have recorded that and I could have happily put that out as a complete episode actually because we got into some really fascinating things that I really want to share with everyone listening about your career and your story. I'm Henrietta Barker, a London-based multi-sector recruiter and the host of the Assistance Together podcast, an interview series with industry leaders and assistants who share their knowledge, experience and stories with us. If you haven't connected with us on social media, then come and say hi. All the links are in the show notes and I'd love to connect with you and hear from you. Did you always know that you wanted to be an executive assistant? Was it a thing that you recognised and understood about yourself or was it something you fell into? Because uh, you have to indulge me, I'm sorry, but as a recruiter, it's always that thing. I kind of fell into my 
career and it's been the best thing ever but often assistants say the same thing to me so I'm kind of keen to know what happened to you yeah look I um it wasn't my first um preference in terms of a job so I did a um degree um that uh, majored in international um marketing and so I pretty much my first role was a marketing coordinator role um and I didn't actually um it wasn't for me so my next move actually um, was a frontline administrator, became a frontline administrator for recruitment agency. And then from there, I was promoted pretty quick to the um, owner of the business, um, her personal assistant. So that's when my journey had started. So initially, marketing was something I thought I'd be interested in, but didn't quite pan out. It wasn't really me. And that's okay. Um, and then, you know, when I moved, um, moved cities, moved from Auckland to Wellington, um, I just took up a job that I thought, okay, well, I'll see what a, a frontline administrator had no idea what they did. I just thought, you know, it's a, it's a job that I've just got and I've got to be grateful and start there and see where you go. And because it was a recruitment agency, it was an opportunity for me to see the sorts of roles they were coming through. Yeah. But I was, um, I was quickly promoted in that role um, because um, I worked really hard to kind of, to actually just prove myself. Um, I worked a lot with really cool, great women who were um, quite ambitious and advanced in their roles. And I was, was pretty young coming into that role. So it was all about proving proving myself and um, yeah, promoted to, um, you know, personal assistant to the owner of the recruitment agency. And then, yeah, from there, that's when it started pretty much. That's started where the, the journey mm. began. Yeah. And did you immediately, when you, did you have any hesitation about taking that promotion? I, I don't ever remember having any hesitation when I was younger about being promoted. I was like, yeah, I'm in. Because <laughs> I was just grateful. I was so grateful I had a job and I was so grateful mm. that anybody saw any potential in me enough to give me an opportunity you know that I yeah. had that definite sense when I was younger I think people now a bit more clued up about how yeah. about no absolutely I I didn't have any actually yeah. um because you know for me it was quite special at that time that you know the owner of the business that I was working for believed in me and yeah. saw something there that perhaps I didn't think I had coming you know coming out of coming out of studies and, and going to my first job and then being disappointed that that wasn't the career I wanted yeah. after doing three years study of it so and I think um it, you know I, I got a I got a, a taste of the of the corporate business world um and just having a leader um who you know was just amazing amazing mentor at that time that just um, pretty much believed in me to to promote me pretty quick, um, which I was really appreciative. You know, I, and and for me, as I said, I, I just pretty much any opportunity that you know came my way in that particular role, I just I took it. So and I enjoyed yeah. the job too. Yeah, yeah, grabbed it with both hands. Like what is mm -hmm. that feeling? I think it's interesting you mentioned <clears throat> the idea of. You know, when you've invested a lot when you're young in a particular career path, it can be really mm. hard to let go mm. of that sensation of I've really worked incredibly hard and paid a lot of money and really put my time in to create a life for myself. And it doesn't look the way that I thought it was going to. 
Mm. That's a strange yeah. time, isn't it, in a in a person's life when that happens? Yeah. I think. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it taught me it taught me a lot about people. Like I was still quite even, uh, you know, up to seven years ago, I was quite a shy person. So I probably wasn't the most confident. And it's really hard for people to probably people who know me really well probably to um, to um, get that because I'm quite confident in my own skin now. But yeah. uh, you know, I worked with very women who were quite well advanced in their career, who had traveled, who were versed in so many different cultural experiences. And then here was someone I didn't have that because I came from a you know a retail job and I, I didn't have a lot. Um, in terms of, you know, I didn't come with a lot. And so it was pretty much the start of um, start of my career. And so, um, and, and so, but at the same time, I learned so, you know, I learned so much about, that's when I started to kind of really think about myself as a person and the sort of employee at that time I wanted to be. So I didn't really think about um, so much in terms of evolving the PA role. I just thought I wanted to do a really, really good job and I was still in the prove myself mode um I really was because I I still had that um that kind of mindset of um am I good enough yeah to to be here so and and that and that kind of didn't shake that off until a few careers later so um and that's what I mean about the journey even being a PA um I thought it was the coolest job in the world but as I progressed in the career um I got to kind of hear the perception of what the role what people how people perceive the role and that's that's when I started to think about well how do I want to be perceived and how do I want to show up and so yeah, yeah. but that's a really interesting point can you elaborate a little bit on that how what do you mean when you talk about how other people perceived it yeah so when I first came in I thought what a great cool role being a personal assistant yeah. to a director owner of the agency um I've just thought you know it was all glam and I would I got some really cool opportunities and, and lots of really cool perks and mm -hmm. so you kind of and you know if I think about that personal assistant role a lot of it really was um just supporting and making sure that that the director was well looked after I think after that I didn't actually realize because I only did that stint for a couple of years and I moved back into Auckland um, that I kind of started to hear and um, the perception of how PAEA roles are actually seen in the organization because wow. I was playing that role so I was playing the photocopying person I was playing you know filling out the paper I was playing the ordinary stationery so I that's all I knew but I thought that was cool I thought that's yeah. cool and what a great job and I felt like it was quite a you know well you know quite a glamorous role to be running around and getting you know the dry cleaning and people's shop you know I, I, it was it was cool and I was also had great opportunities to be to travel with my boss and, and, and it was cool but I think after that and just you know obviously when you've got a few years under your belt playing different PA roles I did start to kind of get a sense of just being in different businesses that you know the roles were perceived as just this and just wow. that and then I thought oh okay and, and, and it just it kind of started me at only a thinking stage in terms of oh, is this how it is is this it um yeah so um that's yeah that's what I mean about um 
you know, the perception, just not knowing what the perception of the role was until I did a few years into it. And I thought, oh, is this, is, you know, where does it, where does it, where does it stop? And I thought, you know, where are my limitations? So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. It is, there's so many, um, many assistants that I speak to have been on a similar path in terms of they've really resonated with the role. There's something about it that they enjoyed so much. They enjoyed the style of it. They had no feeling that it was perceived in a potentially different way. It's, I, I can, I can, I have a lot of empathy for that because of my own role. When I started in recruitment, it was the most fun thing I'd ever done. And then I started to realize that other people thought everybody that worked in recruitment was trying to rip someone off yeah. and did a really yeah. bad job. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I don't feel like that. And mm. I don't work like that. And I feel good about what I'm doing. I actually found it really shocking. And I found it, I was very upset. I was very upset by it, actually, because... Mm not because I felt I'd been wronged in that, that sense, but because I was disappointed that I hadn't recognized that sooner, that somehow I'd fallen in love with a career where the perception was different for other people. Yeah. Did you have a sense of sort of, loss is too strong a word, but a sense of sadness around that? Yeah, because I'm I'm such a protector of our roles. Yeah. Because I and, and I think I came to a place where I thought it's not that like not to for me it was more um I didn't want people to have that perception of the titles because we actually are human beings that turn that they actually turn up and play those roles and there's a lot more to us is that there's a deeper um contribution that we um as individuals can actually make that isn't necessarily attached to the title of it so I'm an, a massive advocate of that that the executive assistant the personal assistant the team administrator for me I'm 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 the I, I'm it's very um important for me to always say I don't and now more now than ever, not to attach myself to this title that happens to support a CEO or happens to support an exec. I'm actually mm -hmm. someone who actually wants to come in and make an impact. And this is me personally, but mm -hmm. also leaves a legacy behind. So when I was going through that journey, the whole word, the word that always came to my mind when I started going through the journey was, what legacy do you want to leave if you were to leave tomorrow and do a social work um, a job? What is it that you want to leave? What you know? What sort of impact do you want to leave behind? Um, so for me personally, on that journey, it was just. Um, I think you know people's opinions of, of roles and stuff. It will always be there, regardless of whether you're an EA or marketing or. It'll always be there, um, and I, I and I think um, you know everyone is entitled to their opinion, and I think it just for me it just pushed me to um, to kind of empower our community and empower myself in this role so then I am you know where where I show up I'm making yeah. an impact yeah understood completely and was there a particular time where you realized there was this evolution in the assistant role was it at that point when you recognized people's perception that that started you on this sort of path of looking at your contribution as you said and your role in a different way was it at that moment mm. or was there a yeah. on down the line that felt more appropriate that was more of a turning point maybe yeah actually I, I and this is where I will credit 
um, my boss, um, Jeff, who I'm currently working for, he gave me that voice um, around that table. So he enabled that. He, he, and, and I see him as my greatest mentor in terms of where I'm at, because um, when I came into this current role, I wasn't sure of myself still. I wasn't sure of what my contribution would be. And I wasn't sure of, you know, where, where am I in this leadership team? Because um, I kind of, I didn't feel probably at that time, I didn't know where I actually fitted in that team. Um, and so it, it, it was such, a, for me, the transformation came when my boss, obviously having, you know, I had two years under my belt, and I, you know, we, we had conversations about, you know, I need to evolve. And the whole word evolve is, is a big, big word for me. And the beginning of, um, you know, where I am now is he gave me that voice. And, and it wasn't the voice of, oh, you're really important part of the team. It was a voice of you can actually contribute to strategy. You can actually contribute to business conversations. And it, it and I think part of that was he had trained me up and empowered me to um, have the ability to be able to have conversations that weren't necessarily always about catering and, um, you know, what is on the menu and how. So that's pretty much where the transformation started and I honestly I still do catering so I don't want people thinking well you know have you completely moved on and, and you don't do those those admin roles are still an important part of my job mm. hands down but I think for me I've um, really come to that place where I've managed to accelerate the um, the other areas that are just as important because I thought it's that whole strategic value um, you know where are you adding value around that leadership table that isn't necessarily talking about and not only um, subject to um, a meeting room or a venue or you know uh, as, as I said a catering um, a catering menu and I think that it's really important like I I don't know I think I had it like a few years when I started to have that business voice around that table it sparked the whole I can do this <laughs> yeah I may not and, and I don't the thing I always think about is I'm never going to be the smartest person around my leadership table and nor do I want to be but I have two or three four strengths that I've worked on my giftings that I've worked on over four years that I've managed to you know um um, be really really good at and evolve it from a six to a nine yeah that and that's what I bring to the table I don't try to be like everybody else because I'm actually not going to be and I make it very clear when I talk to people I'm never going to be the smartest person and I don't actually want to be because I actually know what my strengths are and yeah. my gifts and I use that as treasures for everyone else to experience so that's what I do that's such a beautiful way of describing it I love that and I think you're, it's it's such an accurate way of describing it too, because trying to fit into some other perception of what is smart or courageous or gifted or talented is never going to move you or me as an individual forward. It is about looking at those individual things that you have and really pushing or for want of maybe a better word, capitalising on that, mm. because it allows you the freedom to take real personal ownership of your own situation, whatever those talents are. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about that as part of 
their career in this space. So it's really, really lovely to hear you speak about it like that because I think it's a hundred it's a hundred percent true. It's your talents and gifts that set you apart from other people. It's it's so interesting you talk about this evolution and it seems to me that you have really created your own path of evolution over the last, I think I'm right, sort of seven years or so, it's been that that growth period. How has your how has your relationships with other assistants in the business changed given that you have been clear with yourself about what you want to achieve and how you want to move your life forward? Mm. Yeah, look, I've um I've always had a um, good professional, you know, a good professional relationship with the assistants, and I've become particularly quite close to quite a few of them. Yeah. And um, and you know, they've you know, in conversations, and, and I don't work with them anymore. You know, they've always just been so supportive of the journey, supportive of the journey of where I've wanted to um, take um, our executive assistant roles and even um, internally, as well as what I'm doing for the community externally. Um, and um, really supportive. And also, you know, there'll be times where you have, you know, laughs about it because the thing is when I go, went through this journey, I, I have to remember that I say this humor is just so important. Like if you can't, like I like to laugh at myself quite a lot, um, you know, just on my own, because sometimes I think, oh my gosh, some of the things I'll probably say or some of the things I've been doing, I'm pretty sure half the, half the organization is probably just laughing, but, um, and I don't mean like laughing with me, um, but <laughs> I think it's, I think, um, you know, they've been absolutely, um, you know, understood you know what what my purpose was and not necessarily wanting to go down that same path I think um but you know just always looking at it from a view of you know it's it's pretty cool that you want you want to do that and it's and it's great that you want to bring others on the journey and so I think it's all there's always been that respect you know I've respected when they haven't wanted to necessarily move in the same direction and I think that's really important because there's going to be lots of people, EAs and PAs, who don't want to move into the strategic realm. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. I do absolutely respect that because if I think about it, it's not, um, it is a bit of a change. It is a change of mindset um, professionally and, and personally. And there's lots of reflection of, um, you know, in terms of who you are and, um, you know, and where you want to take, you know, and, and, you know, your limitations, what's in front of you in terms of your limitations, but how, how you want to knock those over and how far you want to take, you know, the involvement of these roles. So absolutely respectful and um, supportive um, and in supportive in terms of um, totally getting that, you know, I'm wanting to change the narrative and change the game. And, and a lot of the voice said it's pretty brave. <laughs> so I think it's probably we are pretty brave. Did you feel brave? <laughs> um, I think for me, it is anything that is uncomfortable anything that um, involves you getting out of your comfort zone. There's a lot of times where I could have stayed in my in my lane. A lot of times I could have stayed being comfortable, many, many times. But I didn't because I thought, eh, that's not growth. And, um, you know, that whole thing of me leaving a legacy, a lot of that stems from, 
um, you know, changing the narrative and mm. changing um, what has been an uncomfortable um, situations to, you know, because for me, it's most of the things I've kind of, that have led me to great growth has been uncomfortable for me personally and um, professionally. It's really tested me in a good way I, I, I say I, I say this in terms of anything that you go through that's hard there's there are, there's opportunity those are opportunities those yeah. are absolute opportunities they're usually the best ones I've found maybe yeah. most painful in terms of uncomfortable but the, that's but the, right the payoff is the one the thing that absolutely yeah. Every time. yeah I yeah. wonder if you can tell me because I feel like this um I don't know how you felt when people talk to you about it but People, when I have conversations about moving into more strategic roles, it can often feel, <clears throat> am I going to elusive or difficult thing to, to describe what that really means and how mm. you can take the steps? Because it's going to be such an individual process for any yes. assistant, yeah. also within the type of business that you're in. and. And some businesses will only be able to take you so far in that yes. process and support your development. Yeah. Mm. Others will resist and there'll be, it isn't a, a sort of straight line to, you know, being able to take these types of roles and develop your career. How do you think people can maybe take some small steps to start to perhaps be able to implement those things? I'm always, interested also in the practical because if we can help people i know on the podcast from conversations with lots of people we've helped people change their perception of certain things or how they view um their ability to take space within a business perhaps i'm so keen to hear your thoughts as someone who's really pushed the boundaries on this how you feel people could just get started or what even the mental process would be rather than actually taking action steps in the business yeah I know it's just, it's interesting because I, I actually I try not to and I still do but I try not to use the word because it's been so used it's been used for so for so long the word strategic EA because it's so yeah. generic it, and yeah. it's so like what does that even mean what does it even mean exactly like, oh thank yeah. you yeah, exactly and yeah. I think that's how so many other people feel yeah you know, are strategic in your role as an assistant so how do you become more strategic <laughs> that's how I perceive it as someone looking yeah, at you. absolutely and I think you know and I think for me personally this is obviously many different views out there so my personal view is I've probably been way more operational in mm. my assistant roles because it's the day-to-day -day tasks which I think assistants are really really good at and they just yeah. they smash it out of the park they, they just it's such it's a talent that we it's come naturally to us in terms of playing that sort of role in terms of operational executive assistant when I think of and I tend to not do the, the strategic executive assistant because like strategy it's so high level there's loads of different kind of fancy words that's thrown to it and you kind of go well actually what is it that I do and what, is, what yeah. does it actually look like so yeah. I break it down when I started this journey I actually it was so basic it, it was such for me it started with know your um, boss's goals off by heart each quarter got you because because when you're working with someone so close, 
you know, so there is the obviously websites, there is the, the business goals that the CEO and executive team set, there are the products, there are the services. So that goes hand in hand. Over time, if you can, I always say break it down, you know, go to your website and it's pretty much Bible. It's everything you need to know is there, um, you know, in terms of reading. If you're not into that, I mean, I've been fortunate. People in the business love to talk about what they do. They love to talk about what they do. We are natural connectors. Yeah. So for us, it, you know, we can book meetings with our eyes closed. So if we can do that for so many other people, we can do that for ourselves. And I would say, you know, one hour a week, you pick a, you pick a team, you pick someone from the team and say, hey, kind of want some insights and knowledge of a particular product that you're actually, you know, that you're special, you specialize in. Could mm -hmm. I have an hour this week? Over a year, if you think about all the conversations and, um, you know, um, alignments and all these sorts of things, over a year, you think about all the conversations you can have across the business by booking an hour meeting here, half an hour meeting here. Um, and, I, and I have this thing where people go, well, I'm too busy. I'm like, no one is ever too busy to level up, to enhance, to develop and actually, um, you know, not stay stale in the job. I think it is so important that we have free resources in our organization. We don't, I don't have to pay for a customer service person to tell me how, what their job involves and, and you know, what they do day to day. I, it's free. I can actually just go and book a, book a meeting with them. And so I think when we use what's internally there, which is free, it's um, accessible, that's where probably I'd start. But I got to know my boss's goals. I got to know what was important because my boss's goals actually reflect the strategy, the business goals. So if he's got sales, if he's got corporate clients, if he's got people engagement, if he's got risk, if he's got compliance, I got to know what was important each quarter. From there, I, um, I learned what that meant because there's a big difference between knowing, memorizing your boss's goals and then, the, and then, you know, and then there's the whole, well, do you actually understand what sales metrics mean? Do you understand what it means in terms of compliance? So I think if we use what internal resources, we catch up with people because naturally we're great at networking and we talk to people all the time. Mm -hmm. But most of us probably don't do that for ourselves. We're booking yeah. meetings for everybody else, but we don't actually reach out and say, well, actually, I want to know about that myself. Because if I think about my team, that's what they do all day, every day. They go and meet different people to make different um, decisions, to have different discussions, to have different alignments, to do different collaborations. Sometimes I think we forget that actually we can do that for ourselves. So, um, you know, so, you know, the three things, obviously business goals, and I would start with my boss's goals because they normally genuinely align to the business goals and it's probably a lot easier for us in terms of getting the understanding because we're in it every single day we're yeah. probably not in it every day for our strategy high level goals because we're talking about hr we're talking about finance and they're not necessarily goals that we actually focused on it's why i would say to focus on your exec or your manager's goals and use your internal network your internal networks you know, people love to talk about what they do, what they do every day. You know, it, it, it's it's an easy kind of, it's an easy win. So I think for me, that's how I started. I started to learn, you know, small steps, baby steps, because naturally, naturally, I'm not one of those people that can go into a meeting and automatically and, and, and pick up 
you know, conversations, um, they're front and centre that's happening. Um, I have, it takes me a while, it takes me a while to kind of pick up, um, to be able to learn things longer than others and understand and articulate. Um, so, and then from there, you kind of, you get confidence, right? You get confidence because when you're sitting around that lead table, you understand your boss's goals, you understand the metrics, you understand, you know, a little bit more than what you had, you know, previous knowledge that you had, you can actually understand the conversations around that table. When you understand the conversations around that table, and you're constantly talking to different people, you, that's where you can start your contribution, like, that's pretty much the process I went because I thought I became more confident, particularly when you have conversations around the business. Because the leadership team, uh, the, no, the that's not a, it. Doesn't stop there. Just because they're in a leadership team doesn't mean they know everything. You know, okay. I've got three hundred individuals who are good at their job, yeah, and who are in the know of their job, and who are just as smart. And for me, you draw that, you draw that intelligence, you draw that knowledge and you bring, and you know, you have to be willing to learn that and you have to be willing to make mistakes along the way. It's pretty much how I became the level that I'm at. And that's why I always, that's why I always talk about the support and community because I didn't get here by knowing everything and doing everything myself. Mm. There's so many people in my business who've helped me to get to where I am. So, yeah. Hopefully that helps. Oh, that I mean, yeah, the understatement of the century. That's a fantastic starting point because the making the connections, you are so right. People within a business are generally find it very, very difficult to start speaking to people in other parts of the business. That doesn't just help you in terms of getting information. It helps boost your confidence and helps you talking about other things. So it seems to me like that was a double-edged kind of brilliant plan because you're pushing yourself slowly out of your comfort zone in a controlled environment where you're all working within the same organization. So yep. that's a win-win, right? Yep. And so smart to understand the goals what I um, found so interesting is that you're kind of piecing things together, piecing little ideas about how to get more knowledge, improve your skill set in the sense of being able to communicate the goals of the business. Yes. And you're right, breaking it down rather than thinking of it as a big strategic level. I feel like that's changed a lot for me personally because it's about... It, it, it creates a real framework that anybody, wherever they're working, can start to implement rather than it being, uh, like I said earlier, more of this abstract idea of being strategic, mm. which yeah. just felt jarring to me because I couldn't visualize a lot of how people would be able to practically execute it. Yeah. How, when you started doing this, when you started to take those steps, how did it feel to you? Was it, were the returns just so good that you couldn't turn back? You kind of got, you know, so excited about the progress that you were making and your ability to see yourself in a different way and experience your role in a different way. Cause that's a complete evolution. Yeah. I, to be honest, I thought I was cold. Like when what? I, I thought, Hey man, I, I can do this. And, um, and you know, it's important to reference 
to not be the, that you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. I say that because lots of EAs and that get so intimidated and are fearful of, um, you know, I don't want them to think that, you know, what I've said is probably, you know, um, you know, not right. And I think it's just for me, when I went through, I became so confident to be able to add value around the table that doesn't necessarily just talk about what meeting room we're going to be in for our strategy session. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think for me, I went beyond that because I did my homework and I think, you know, and I had, it's this conversation of there is prep work that is required. Like, I cannot say this. I'm not naturally smart. So when the A says, oh, look, you know, did you just, it, did it just happen? there's a lot of homework there's a lot of preparation to get to where you know if you want to be adding value amongst business conversations and impacting you know a business strategic initiatives and goals there is homework because we when we came into these roles we're not it, it, it's it, we didn't come in um, you know, being being strategically naturally. And, and what I mean by that is probably we were um, in a sense of maybe in a personal point of view, but professionally, most of us weren't hired to do that because that's what the leaderships are hired for. That's what the senior managers are hired for. Um, but when I when I went through this, I it changed my whole life. I thought, this is, we can do this. We've actually, and I think, I, I like. I always say that, um, and, and that's why I'm always referencing. I came around that table and I started to use my giftings. Yeah. I started to figure out that I'm not going to be great at finance, right? That's not my gifting, and I'm actually okay with that. I'll get the basics. I'll get what cash flow means and the profit we make. But I tell you, I'm amazing at people engagement. The number one asset in this organization is people. And I, and I feel like it's an untapped area for EAs to do. They, we have capability to do way more than what's initially given to us. Like we have this thing of where the eyes and ears of the organization. I'm strategic about being eyes and ears of this organization. I'm absolutely strategic about it because I think... Um, for me, we we can take that. That is something that we can own and manage, and it's a natural ability for us. And so, when I think about giftings and making sure that I turn them into treasures for others, that's an important part of this journey, big time. Like, um, and when when you know your giftings and when you know your your core strengths, that can that that can show up. In the conversations you have around the leadership because one you're confident in yourself that this is actually what i'm good at and this is where i'm going to add value in the conversation two you're not trying to be keep up with everybody else's um smart um smartness or you know it's just different so um definitely way more confident um and i felt like i could i felt like oh i can make a difference yeah so you know? rewarding I imagine that must have been really rewarding for you. Yeah, absolutely. I just felt like I'd walk out of those meetings and I've, I'd just be like, oh my gosh, uh, uh, you know, it, I actually learned, and one of my gift things is I'm, a, I'm an ideas person. I never knew I was. I mean, I, and because I came from an operational role. So I, I came from being told what to do all the time. Yeah. I never knew I had that gifting until I, that, you know, um, my leader empowered me to come out with that more. And, you know, his whole view in our meetings and how they were run was, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do. What should we do? What's the idea? 
what do you think what's the solution you know that sort of stuff it's a lot of it's a, it's a journey itself because it's 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 a switch of what i'm used to to what i'm doing now yeah. and um, and yeah and you know and, and i'd hope i don't know sometimes my, my leadership team are I'm not sure what they think in terms of my contribution who knows but you know that's one of the things i always make sure that um you know that that i'm i personally am good at is the the, the ideas piece and i happen to be good at executing it too but you see i didn't discover that until i went through the journey of you know how am i going to elevate the role so that whole strategic thing for me i, I tend to not use that anymore um because i feel it's it's, it's it's a term it's like using agile it's kind of a term that just gets thrown out there it's a cool term everyone talks about it but i'm like what is it what do you actually what does it mean and i yeah, think I'm ea so, is kind of hard. yeah mm. i feel i feel like i'm so glad that i asked you that because that was my sense of it as well i just felt it was so far removed from any real anything you could grab hold of it wasn't tangible it, it how I've heard it described before and I think that can lead to a lot of disappointment too if you're not clear about how you can actually actually start to execute on these things we all want mm. to understand how to get started mm. most people everyone wants progress that's what drives us whether it's scary or it's less scary in the moment the progress drives us in our careers and and I feel that um, you know, as so many of us go through our careers without thinking, how are we really, how are we impacting, like you said, other people? So those are fantastic ways to really just boost that. And it's something, it, it doesn't take up lots of time in the sense of having to invest in external training. It's about building those muscles in the role that you're in, which mm. I really always want people to maximize what they can get from the situation that they're already in and comfortable mm. in, right? Rather than mm. trying to go and find something different where you can excel, where it's almost impossible to jump in at a different level easily, mm. and make those kind of contributions in another organization. Mm. Building those muscles while you're there just makes all yeah. the difference, right? Yeah, leverage. And yeah, yes, leverage. leverage. Your, your people, you know, your people are your library. They're the library of resources. Every single information, mm -hmm. every single knowledge, every single insights, everything, all the learnings I've got from people in my organization. Like you, you can sit in an out half hour meeting and not know anything about, you know, how um, a product is, you know, um, how, how we make our money in a product. You can sit and talk and, and talk to someone in half an hour and you find out. And, and you use that, you know, you and, and you and you take that with you, you know, those are those are insights that you take with you that you write down that you think about you think about how, um, you know, what you would use that information for your people are your library and I never discovered that until, you know, until a few years ago that I didn't need to go to a Harvard University course to discover that actually I have make a massive contribution and I can actually use my people to do that. And one of my giftings is networking. I'm a great, yeah. I'm actually, um, I'm an introvert, but I can actually, I can connect with people pretty well to exchange information in terms of what I need and also what they can get out of it too. Yeah, and I think you spoke earlier, touched on community for you. How important has community been during this last few years? 
Mm. Look, I'm, uh, you know, my community in terms of the people in my career that my support network is obviously my boss, Jeff, um, who's been, you know, an amazing mentor. Then I've got Tribe NZ, who, um, you know, we've, we established a couple of years ago. And they're all in the same boat with me, changing the narrative, changing the game, um, living and breathing. Um, what the new executive assistant role actually um, looks like and is looking like, keeping up with market trends, you know, what does the current state look like? What does future state look like? Um, Community is really important because, you know, when I think about it, I, I felt like my bigger purpose was, there was a bigger purpose I had. It wasn't just turning up to my day job. When I discovered what my biggest purpose was, I, I had a lot more joy in terms of what I was doing. It sparked this joy in me, this inner, inner confidence um, that I felt actually it's bigger than me turning up and working on my laptop. There's so much more that I could be doing, so much more that could be impacting people. And I guess I come back to that word of legacy. That's what I wanted to do um, because I'm not going to be an EA forever. But boy, if I'm in this role, I want to leave a legacy and I want to make an impact. Um, and that's, that's the whole thing. And I think people take this role as it's just a job and I respect that. I respect that hugely. Mm. Um, and for me, I'm working with people every single day. And if I'm going to make, if I feel for me personally, if I'm working with human beings every single day, boy, I'm going to try and make an impact or change. Um, and it's not going to be easy and it hasn't been easy, but you know, that's where the um, enjoyment and, and that's where the joy comes from too, because wow. you know, it's those, it's those baby steps, those baby eight outcomes that you enjoy. Right. So, yeah. Yet along the way, you mean that the, the progress is small and those Absolutely. are the things you get a real pleasure from? Absolutely. You know, like when people come up to me, I get EAs messaging me on my LinkedIn posts, you know, um, thank you for being our voice. I get that all the time, all the time. And then you go far out, right? You, you, you know, it was, a, it was just a post, but yeah. you don't realise that impact because people are like, but you, you're, speaking, you're speaking what we want to say. You know, I did this post on um, having a voice around the boardroom table mm -hmm. and, um, you know, how we should be seen. And we're just as important as everybody else around that boardroom table. And I did a post on it on LinkedIn and, you know, people shared that post, you know, yeah. people messaging saying, thank you. That's kind of, you know, and I put that out there. Right. So it's those small, it's those small ones, uh, the small ones and the big ones. Um and, you know, changing, when I say changing the game, changing narrative, it actually isn't easy, right? It's not wow. actually, because some people probably want to box us where they want to box us. And um, and I'm okay with that because it, it pushes me to kind of go, no, I, I want to make a difference yeah. while I'm in this role, while I can do this role, um, this is my contribution to our community. I think that's incredibly powerful because what you're saying is, is that it's an internal change so regardless of your external circumstances in a role whether people want to keep you in that position you can develop yourself without asking permission from other people mm. that can take the steps to make the change long term which mm. and i love hearing your enthusiasm and passion for having this voice for other people which is such a huge privilege right it feels like you said just opposed mm -hmm. to you but it is a huge privilege to resonate with so many people yeah. who are inspired by the changes that you've made in their life and feel that you understand what they're saying because this is 
this is something that within our community has been lacking for so long. It's only a short period of time that we've had people who are really talking about the experience yeah. and not just um, highlighting things that could change, but sharing their lives and mm. their and the things that have gone wrong and all this stuff to actually benefit other people. Huge, mm. huge and hugely lucky. Yeah. And I actually, I took that for granted. I was just, you know, when I first started going on LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn quite a lot. I was just sharing for this. I was, I was posting for the, for the sake of posting, if I'm going to be really honest. Yeah. But, you know, I'm really mindful of um, telling my story. I'm really mindful of being a storyteller for the community and um, respectful of those who actually read, read the articles or read the post. And so, um, you know, I, I write with a lot of, um, you know, sharing a little bit of my vulnerability, um, but also, you know, the the empowering journey that I'm on, uh, which is really important. So, um, so yeah, you know, not a perfect road, but I tell you, it's been. Uh, I always say it's been amazing. You've got to. I've got. I've. I, I appreciate the imperfections of this journey um, now more than ever. So mm. that's beautiful. And if there's one thing that you could impart to people before we finish up what would be the one thing that you would share that you would want everyone to know about what they can do and how they can have a bigger impact for themselves and for others hmm. um you know that's a hard one eh? because it's like oh my gosh it's quite a lot uh, it's like oh it's quite a lot um sorry you know, the, no, that's all right recently i learned something um it's about my giftings. I, I learned something someone had said to me, you know, Carol, when you're working on your strengths and you're work, when you're working on your strengths and weaknesses, don't work on your weaknesses because you're, you're average of three, right? And most likely you put so much effort and hard work into your weakness, they will go to five. Work on your giftings. What are you actually good at? What are the strengths that you can bring to the table? What are the strengths you can bring to conversations? Um, and the thing I've learned over the three years is that's all I've done. So when people say to me, oh, you're this high level EA, all I've done is I've left, I'm not going to ever be great at finance. And I know that, and I'm okay with that. I've accepted mm -hmm. that. But you know, I've worked on the three or four things that I feel like I call them my gifts. Because those are the gifts that I'm sharing with others and impacting others. And those are things, and I call them where I turn them into treasures. Because if you think about the amount of time and, and the, the, you know, the people you spend your time with mostly are at work, are the, your work colleagues, mm -hmm. you know? And so how do you kind of share your treasures? How do you share things that you're passionate about, that you've evolved and you've become really good at? And, you know, when this person said to me, you know, you've got a strength, you've got people, which is, or connector, which is a six. If you work at it, you work at it and you work at it and you bring it to a nine, you know, you, you've immediately, you've immediately um, strengthened a gifting of yours that you can share to others. I can talk about leadership because I'm a big on that. I can talk about the strategy piece. I can talk about, you know, people engagement. But overall, um, I've realized for me in this journey, up until, you know, and I had this conversation with someone two weeks ago, I've realized that actually my the biggest thing that we can all bring, because fear and lack of confidence is, sometimes comes into play for this profession, but I feel like, you know, there's no fear when you're brilliant 
at a strength. You're brilliant at a gift. There isn't, because you come in, you've got that joy, you've got that spark, you've got that confidence, you've got that mindset. I'm good at this. And this is where I'm going to add my value in my profession. So yeah, hopefully that helps or I leave, you know, that makes sense. But you know, it's a it's a pretty big thing for me and I'm and I'm working. I work really hard and focus really hard on my strengths. And because I want to be really good at it and then ensure that um, I share that. It's important too when you're thinking about your giftings. For me personally, it's so important to share it. Don't keep it to yourself because, you know, sharing, you can impact people and, um, you know, change people's mindsets on decisions and so forth. And I think, you know, it's an important thing not to, you know, not to keep it here. You know, the world wants to see it. They want to hear it. So... That is perfect. I feel like that's a brilliant way to end our conversation, although I don't want to stop because I feel like I could really carry on talking to you. I love how you um, express these ideas and I feel like those things can give people so much confidence. You're right, focus on the things you're really good at because you can push them really far and that's exciting. Who wants to start with the stuff we're no good at, right? <laughs> because yeah. it's a hard slog. It yeah. doesn't give you any passion at all. Such no. a good point. Yeah. Such a good point. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Please tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. Yeah. So look, I um I'm on LinkedIn. So um please I'm I'm on LinkedIn all the time. So I think probably that would be the best way to connect with me. And then I can, you know, if people want to DM me, I can, you know, offer my personal details through there. Um so you know, Carol C-A-R-O-L and my last name Pito P-I-T-O. So yeah, definitely there. I'm, I'm posting every week and um, you know, very active member. So yeah, happy to connect with anyone who wants to get in touch. That is brilliant. I'll put all the details in the show notes. Thank you so much for all your time. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to Assistance Together this week. I am really hopeful that you enjoyed my conversation with Carol and that you will be able to start putting these things into practice for yourself and implementing them in your own career. Do get in touch with Carol. I know she's keen to hear from people if they want help or assistance. Connect with her on LinkedIn. And if you got some value from this episode, please do take a screenshot of your phone or whatever you're listening to the podcast on and share it on social. Tag us so that we can say hi and we will be back next week with another incredible guest. Take care.